Welcome to episode three in our Faith Journey series. Today you're gonna to meet Missy Martins. Now she is spunky and witty and energetic and tons of fun to be around. I'd only met her one other time, so this was our second time meeting, but it was a joy to be in her presence and to get to know her a little better. Here is Missy Martins. So today I'm joined by Missy Martins, Time of Grace blogger extraordinary. <laughs> I think that was supposed to be extraordinaire. Sorry. <laughs> You're extraordinary. Thank you. Hi, Missy. Good morning. And nice to have you with yeah. us. So tell us where you live and what your life looks like these days. Oh, it's all over the place. Well, we live in the Green Bay area. Okay. Um, we own a brewery in downtown Green Bay uh, that my husband and I both are very actively involved there quite often. We also homeschool, so our kids are there with us. How many kids do you have? We have four kids. Ages? Uh, 16, 14, 12, and 10. 16. So 16 is a sophomore? Yes. Okay. Till 10 is sixth? Fifth grade. Fifth. Okay. You're homeschooling all of them. You are phenomenal. Oh, so thanks. you are homeschooling. Do you do that in the morning? We haven't even quizzed them yet. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we do that. It, it's all over the it's all over the map. Okay. Um, some of the stuff we do try to have one home day a week and take that stuff that we need to do at home together all in that one day and get a whole bunch done in that one day. And then there's many things they're bringing into the brewery as well. They're bringing their math and their yeah. writing and whatever else and sitting next to me as I do payroll or it just kind of depends helping each other out. And some days our homeschool days are working in the kitchen. You or, live on the fly. You yeah. do a lot of different flexibility it's all scheduling yeah that's awesome but that's the beauty of homeschooling too it can be anywhere anytime a lot of natural learning it's yes. definitely not as much school at home as people think yeah so your husband grew up in puerto rico his parents were missionaries correct up until was it high school uh they were still missionaries long beyond that but he ended up but coming he... up to manitowoc well, nebraska and then to manitowoc for high school which is where we met is that where you met we did yeah so what's your husband's name John Martins. Okay. And how long have you been married? 18 years this coming New Year's. Nice. And do you speak Spanish? I do not yet. The kids and I are still learning slowly. It, did, uh, did he, did it stick with him? I mean, he, he oh, yeah, learned from a very young he's age. He's very so, fluent. Yeah. So he just doesn't get to use it a, a ton anymore. I was wondering. But, yeah. Okay. And then when did you start writing for Time of Grace? How long has that been I now? I think it's maybe been four-ish years. Okay. How'd that come about? About you know a, a brewery owner, yeah, homeschooling well, mom. How did moved, you end up doing this? We moved to Green Bay to start this brewery. Okay. Um, just a crazy opportunity that came up, but we can get to that story a little yeah. later. But um, Pastor Mike actually was a college classmate of mine. And then our pastor in Madison for a while. And then when we moved to Twin Cities and they moved to Appleton. And then we ended up moving back to Green Bay and reconnecting with them a little bit. And he had known that I had written in the past just for various things and college and everywhere. And he said, you should write for Time of Grace. So he's really the one that suggested I do it. And I didn't quite have enough on the plate yet. So I said, <laughs> sure. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. So what about homeschooling? Is that something that you always thought you would do or is that um, something that's just come up as so, the yeah. need arose? We have done that for nine years. Okay. Um, my husband was homeschooled growing up in Puerto yeah. Rico. So he had kind of always had that in the back of his head, but I wasn't fully on board right away. And then slowly started to like the idea a little bit more. Our oldest went to school for two years. We ended up pulling him out 
after second grade and saying, you know, we can, we can mm -hmm. do this ourselves. He was starting yeah. to just lose a little bit of his love for learning and yeah. reading. And, and I was getting kind of the worst of him in the morning and in the afternoon and the siblings. Right. And I just saw them kind of growing apart. It was odd. So we, we thought in the end, I, I didn't think this was God's design for the family to be apart for so long of the day and to, yeah. and to be really stressed out in the morning and in the evening. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? We can, we can do this ourselves. And I love that really you flexible. embraced it, even though it might have been, it might not have been your first course of action. I mean, you went the other route first, but yeah, you and we were thought, one year at a time. And now it's been nine years and we yeah. love it and going through high school too. So yeah, yeah. that's incredible. So tell us about the brewery experience. You alluded to that. How did that come about? How did, what was yeah. the opportunity? And it wasn't something, a lifelong dream of yours. Mm, not at all. Not something yeah. we were seeking out at all. Yeah. Um, we were living in the Twin Cities. My husband was a mechanical engineer. Um, I had been a teacher. Now I was homeschooling the kids and just doing some small writing projects on the side. Uh, he didn't love his job, but mm -hmm. he liked engineering. He just didn't he, he looks for the next adventure and the next, yeah. like, what's exciting? What What's a challenge? What can I take on? Mm -hmm. um, I think moving around so much kind of made him that way a little yeah. bit. So, you know, we've been married, like I said, 18 years, and we've moved nine times and oh. try to figure out what we're doing and what's, the next, what's the next thing. So when this opportunity came up and um, my sister and brother-in-law own Copper Rock Coffee in Appleton, they saw this building, what's now Copper State, used to be Hinterland Brewing. Mm -hmm. They saw it as a potential coffee shop when it was first going on the market. and But it was ideally being sold with all the brewing equipment still and all the restaurant stuff. And they said, we can't do that alone. So that's when they called us. And Bill said, John, you should be a brewmaster. And we're like, yeah, that sounds like something we could do. Um, he had brewed. So he actually bought the building before he brewed a single batch of beer. Oh, my. Um, that's and a then, steep learning curve. Yeah, for sure. It was drinking from a fire hose for a while. Yeah. So when we moved in 2016, the cool part with Hinterland that we worked out was that we were super flexible with their move-out date. We had bought the building. They were renting it back from us. And they gave John an apprenticeship, basically, with their brewers on their equipment. Mm -hmm. So he learned pretty much by doing, making their beer and their equipment till they moved out and we took over. Um also had zero restaurant experience, which is yes. maybe a plus because you have to be a bit naive to get into that world. And uh, we've learned a ton over the last five years, the little pandemic thrown in there for <laughs> good measure. Um, but yeah, so they, they, every year people are like, yeah, first year is the hardest. First two years are the hardest. First three years are the hardest. So <laughs> Pandemic years are yeah. definitely the hardest. So now, now it's been five them. years. So it's should be smooth sailing from here, right? Yeah, that right? doesn't happen in the restaurant business, does it? <laughs> I don't know anything about brewing companies, no, so I wouldn't know anything about that. But it's been fascinating. It's a whole different animal. It's a lot of personnel stuff, a lot of um, really interesting things we've just learned as far as leadership and culture and, yeah, dealing with dealing with customers, dealing with staff. It's a very interesting ministry for sure. So did you ever think the brewery might not make it? Uh, going into it, that was just not even an option in our heads. This was just, all right, this is what we're trying next. Um, the, let's do it. Here we got the right skill sets. We got knowledge. We've got what like, is we're, the we're skill set try. other than working really, really hard <laughs> right? and it's, being naive about failing? It's it's a goodly <laughs> amount of just 
yeah, it's hard work. It's, um, I, John, John's big on, like, he's just the next adventure. He's, he's super hands-on. He's, he just learns the next thing, figures it out. Um, brewing is a process. It's a chemical, you know, it's, he, he gets the science. He gets the, he loves spreadsheets so mm. much. You know, this is all a big, like, it's a repeatable thing. He can, he can totally figure all that stuff out. Yeah. And once he figures that out, then he likes to figure out what the next challenge is. And now it's the next challenge, the next challenge. So the brewing and the business itself is a really fun adventure for him because it's all sorts of different challenges mm-hmm. that you just keep mastering and trying to like, that's the next thing. What's the next thing we can keep growing from here. Yeah. Um, and then we can use it as another jumping board for all sorts of different other ideas. Cause now we have all these people we know and yeah. everything else, but, um, yeah, there was definitely a couple times throughout the five years during, you know, in the process where we went, oh, this is real close to like, close to not making it. And mm-hmm. we got to put a bunch more cash in and we got to do this. And how are we doing this? And, um, but really in our heads, like it was even, I, th- I think even in the back of our heads, it was like, well, if this whole thing goes downhill, we're smart people, we're fine. We can figure this out. We can figure out the next thing. Like it was never a you know, if this fails, we're doomed. It was just, I love that. Let's just do this next. Let's just do this next thing. Let's try it. Let's figure this out. Um, we're smart people. We know how to work hard. We uh, will be, we'll figure it out at yeah. some point. So, and we've, you know, we've lived on, went down, went back to school for engineering. And we had one kid when he started back at Madison and then three by the time he graduated and didn't have a job. He graduated right in 08 in the depression, in the you know, recession era of like, yeah. oh, now he can't find a job. And I think we lived on like $13,000 one year and went, huh, look how we just made it. I don't know. God is good. Like, so I think with that mindset too, you go into some, like, yes, there's risk involved in a starting a business, but it's, we know how to live on practically nothing. We'll yeah. be just fine. Um, and you're not afraid of moving, clearly. Right. So if it doesn't work out, you can move somewhere else and do something right. else. Like there will yeah, be, there will be another adventure. Yeah. And we just, we don't do anything halfway. We just jump in, jump in, go as hard as you let's can. Let's try it. Let's, let's work. Let's, yeah. And, um, so John has the whole process part. He's got the brewing part. He's got the financial stuff. Like that's whole, that's his skill set. And mm-hmm. I get to be the culture and the social media and the words and all the, our voice of our brewery, mm-hmm. um, and so we have very different skill sets that have lent itself really well to success. So clearly, so far now, so I know good. It's not fair to ask this, but I'm going to ask it anyway because I don't care if it's fair or not. But do you see yourself staying in this? I mean, you said you're I, very open to adventure, and right. do you see yourself in the same place five years down the road? Or that's a good question. We talk about that a lot. Do you? That's why I wonder. <laughs> yep, we talk about what would be the next thing because there are days when he's like, yeah kind of bored with brewing yeah um but now he's you know like now we got a sales guy and we're mm-hmm. expanding the distribution market and there's um so there's plenty in it to keep him pretty interested yeah and like i said then we use the brewery for some other adventures right now like he's mm-hmm. getting involved with some investment groups and and other new business startups and helping with yeah. that kind of thing so I, I don't know there might still be enough that just keeps us interested and keeps us here mm-hmm. and this is the first time we've had more roots mm-hmm. and our kids have good friendships yeah. and we have, you know, like That's they're loving where we are. Mm-hmm. And so it might be something we do until the kids are out of the house. And, yeah. but I don't know, we've talked about just getting rid of everything and living in a van <laughs> and traveling the world too. So I, I don't know. 
We'll see. That's a very popular thing to do right now. Then you start a blog, and then you, right. you know, like, I got the writing part. Yeah, I, yeah. Could, I could do that, and John could fix things on the way. I don't know. We got no. That's exciting. Figure out what we want to do. It is hard. I will say the age of your children, sixteen. You know, yeah. that's a hard age to start digging up the roots and starting right. over again because they start getting attached to those friends and for sure. Once you get a girlfriend or a boyfriend, you're you're all done. <laughs> yeah, so far be... so good on that one. My... <laughs> yep. Major rebellion, if you even think. <laughs> My you're oldest go said he won't date till he's 27. So perfect. So yeah, we're all right on that one. Do you but... have that on camera? I do. Yeah. yeah okay. Good. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. Show so that it might is... be something we do until the. Show like, that at his wedding kids. when he's 22 years old. That would be we'll great. Do that. <laughs> yeah. So COVID meant shut down for a lot of things. I know a lot of businesses and re- in restaurants in Minnesota, where I'm from, really suffered. How did you guys manage to get through? Yeah, it was really actually on the other side of it, it, it turned out to be just fine. Um, when we first were faced with like, oh, we got to be closed for yeah. what you thought was two weeks and turned into two months for sure. Like we were not able to do any indoor dining for two months. Yep. Um, and that's our that's our bread and butter. We are a place to gather. That's our whole mission statement is connecting people yeah. and creating experiences. That's part of what we do is – bring people in. Um, so we, uh, yeah, it was not fun to be closed for two months for sure. We were, John and I were still there. We were still able to do coffee to go, beer to go, mm-hmm. food to go. So we were at the brewery pretty much every day during COVID and our kids were there. They were sprawled out on all the tables doing games and puzzles and stuff. Um, and, but we just had really faithful customers who ordered from us mm-hmm. multiple times a week. Um, it was humbling to see the support of the community. Like, we want you guys to survive. We've realized what you guys are to downtown Green Bay. We want you to make it. Um, so we had a lot of really faithful people ordering a lot through that whole time. And then um, immediately after we opened back up, and it was about May of that year, mm-hmm. it was nice weather. And we have the outdoor beer garden patio. Um, and we were busy yeah. <laughs> right away. Awesome. Um, so that was really neat to see that us coming back. It was, you know, mm-hmm. and, and during all of COVID, like I said, I'm I'm the creative one and the voice and the whatever of our whole brewery. So we stayed in front of people in really fun ways on social media. I tried to start this whole hashtag toast positive mm. uh, movement where, you know, this one's going up to this, this, you know, to tag your friends, do this mm-hmm. whole big toast media type thing on Instagram and, and Facebook. We did a few parody songs and videos and stuff that we released during that time. Mm. Um like I said, just try to stay in front of people and try to keep our mission as far as connecting people, even though it was not able to be in person. So we yeah. had like our homemade pizzas that we make in the brewery. We make wood-fired pizzas. We make our own dough. We make our own sauce, all that stuff. So we included all that into like a little stuff that you could pick up and take home and make pizzas with your kids at home. Wow. Um, so we did a lot of like just creative, like what can we figure out and stay in front of people. And, and it paid off. I think it was something, like I said, when we came back open, it was pretty immediately busy. So one of the big things that I'm sensing with your children, correct me if I'm wrong, but you said that they were all over the brewery doing puzzles and reading. You don't give them much time with screens, do you? Uh, now that, you know, now I've got a 16-year-old and he's he's getting his very first phone this year. Okay. So yeah, we've been, I mean, it's not like we, I think you got to be really careful to mm-hmm. not not totally say no screens because then those going to be just crazy, whatever, you know, right. there's a good balance for sure. Um, you know, the older boys do have their own computer uh, that they do some homework on, but then they also of course mm-hmm. are constantly looking up sports 
Yep. And et cetera. But uh, it's, so there's, there's, it's not like there's no screens in our house, yep. but it's, um, it's a deliberate. It's definitely more, yeah. They all love reading. They all love strategy board mm-hmm. games. So that's, that's been deliberate. Like the TV's not on at our house at a norm, on, normally, like we have no mm-hmm. Netflix, we have no Hulu, we have no, yep. like, we're, I don't even know how people have time for these things actually. John and I are like, you know, if it's like, did you watch that show? Like, never seen it. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> when would I do when that? Does, when do people have time to watch shows? You know, <laughs> not we'll everybody watch a game on Sundays. Their own business, yeah. But so. It's it's limited in that way, um, yeah. but yeah, the boys are real into sports. They will they're they've got fantasy football. They've got yeah. their, you know so there's some of that going on, but for the most part, they don't they're not constantly looking down, and neither are we. We try to yeah. set our own big time limits on that because mm-hmm. I've read a lot of read a lot of books on that and stuff too. Mm-hmm. So and how that rewires your brain and absolutely. Um, what what do you do to keep your faith strong? Uh, well, there's, there's definitely personal and, you know, like my own stuff along with, um, John and I usually do devotions together and, and with the kids, we'd either pick, pick a book, of the Bible, pick, yep. um, pick a book that's been written about something like that yep. and go through that together. Um, so there's that, um, I think that actually writing for time of grace is super helpful for me because then usually I dive in a lot deeper on a certain topic, mm-hmm. which is more helpful to like, cause sometimes you can just quick like, Oh, I just got to get my Bible reading in for the day. Yep. And it's really quick, but yeah. to write about it, I got to do a little more research and yes, you do. And that's been actually really good for me to continue. So do you have any good either couples devotion books or family devotion books that you guys have used? Uh, we like, I mean, now the kids are a little older. We used to do like, like we loved the Jesus Storybook Bible. I don't okay. know if it was mm-hmm. by Sally Lloyd Jones. That was one of our favorites. Um, but we love just the Bible. Yeah. And we Me also too. like now we've been doing some books by Walter Wangerin. We like him. Now the kids are a little older, mm-hmm. or we do um, different uh, ones by Frank Turek, or um, there's other yeah. bloggers and other speakers and stuff that we mm-hmm. like to listen to now with the kids as they're a bit older yeah. and get into more of the apologetics and defending yeah. your faith and um, that kind of thing right now. Mm-hmm. To- we pretty much for our family stuck to the Bible too, for our family devotions. But my husband and I have done morning and, mornings and evenings by Spurgeon mm-hmm. a couple times through, just make you think things through a little differently and get a different viewpoint. But yeah, good stuff. So what have been some of the things that have kind of threatened your faith or that you, you've really had to work through? Um, I would say, like, I've never been close to being like, oh, I'm done, I'm out of this no. faith type thing. But, <laughs> um, not that, but not that there's been, you know, like this last five years have been a joy with the brewery, but also very much a struggle with, yeah. with uh, getting the business off the ground, uh, going through ownership changes, mm-hmm. um, and staffing stuff constantly of course yeah uh where you go lord why aren't you blessing the fact that we'd like to spend more time outside of this brewery with our family etc you know you start to question some of that once in a while um i've also been dealing with uh lyme disease for nine years and joint pain constant and that kind of stuff so there's been a little Mm -hmm. bit of that where you go okay lord why aren't you taking that away I don't know why I can't yeah. do a lot of things I used to do. I can't be quite as active with my family as I'd like to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, things, things like that, that are not threats to my faith, I wouldn't say, but just stuff that you, I think bring you closer to God and seeking yeah. wisdom and seeking his answer and knowing that there's, 
that there's so much more beyond this world, which is super comforting. Yeah. So. Kind of a hardship or a thorn, a little bit of a thorn in your side. Not that you're not going to give up your faith, like you said, right. but just makes you depend on God just a little bit Indeed. more. <laughs> is there any part of your life that you would do over if you could? That's a that's a tough one because as, as, as much as you'd like to think we could make our own choices, I think it's this is obviously what God has already designed for us, and mm -hmm. I wouldn't pretend to go back and say I think if I would have done that, then this, you know. Yeah. Um, maybe the only thing I would say is I am a terrible. I've always wanted to be a better like journaler and record mm -hmm. stuff, like record things my kids have said that I could then might write a book out of or whatever, yeah. or you know, record more of when they were little. Like I just I did a terrible job of that. Like you get, I've got the typical lots of pictures of my firstborn. Yeah, not quite as many as the second, third, fourth. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and same, you know, like videos, we've got a few videos and I'm like, oh, why didn't I take more or, mm -hmm. you know, recording this stuff about the brewery too. I think in yeah. the same way, if I would have written down everything as it happened, that'd be kind of neat. I think to my, for my faith too, like write yeah. down your prayer stuff. So I've always kind of wanted to do that better and have still never gotten better at that. Maybe that. You know, there's still time. I got into journaling, like prayer journaling, Bible journaling in 2020. For the first yeah. time, I just needed to, I, my Bible studies kind of quit meeting, right. like we quit doing everything. And so I started just taking a couple of verses of the Bible at a time. And instead of just reading them, like praying them, meditating on them and putting them down. And it's really brought the Bible to life in a whole different way than I, but I just started. I'm, yeah. I'm older than you. Right. So there's, there's still time. For Don't sure. worry. Good. So what are some of your greatest joys? Uh, watching the kids grow and learn. Like, I, that's the part I love about homeschooling is just learning right along with them and yeah. then watching them each develop their unique, like four different kids, very, very different, same, same parents, mm -hmm. same environment, super differences. It's so fun to watch like that, like them become who they're meant to be and their strengths and everything yeah. and, and guide that. I love that. Um, a lot of, like I said, a lot of joys with, with the brewery, the fact that, uh, you know, before, before when John had his normal like nine to five type of engineering job, that was like his world. And then I had the kids in the morning yes. and he didn't want to talk about work afterwards. And I was done with parenting yeah. for, you know, it was like um, we were a little more, it was almost separate lives yeah. at that point. And the part about the brewery has been really fun. It's been like our whole family is on the same page working together for this yeah. very same goal. I love working with John. That's been really fun. I love the customers that we've like the regulars that we've got now mm -hmm. it's been really fun to be a part and grow some roots in downtown green bay and be a part of the community and yeah get to know people and be that like i said the ministry to our customers and to our staff and mm -hmm. to like those are those are some everyday joys that the lord gives us for sure yeah that sounds great and you've been part of the core for a while huh yes yep. and you guys are not just sideline or bystanders you guys are kind of active here too yeah, we love that. Um, there's a lot of opportunities for service here, which is also yeah. we love the kids too. Um, I get to sing my at, for the core here. My second might start singing a little bit too. A couple of my other kids are helping with AV and sound stuff, or core kids, or um, ushering. Huge. Yeah, it's 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 been fun to be a part of that too, and and show the kids like this is this is part of our life. This is an every you know our breweries close on Sundays for mm -hmm. a reason. Yep, and we love that, and that's our day to be
be here and to be with our church family and to relax and have a Sabbath much needed. Yeah. Have you always sang? Uh, yeah, since, I mean, my, my whole family was singers. Musically? Yeah. Inclined? Nice. Yeah. So John and I actually got married in Fiddler on the Roof in high school. So he, he sings You were too. both? Yeah. He was, he was Perchick, I was Huddle. So. so does he sing in front of He doesn't with sing worship? at the core. No, but, he doesn't. Uh, he used to sing like in a barbershop quartet. Really? Yeah. So, But it's just been a while since he's done done that, and he doesn't have quite as much time. Not time that I have a ton practice. of time, but yeah. he has even less time than I do right now. So Yeah. yeah. Oh, he, that's neat. So where do you get your ideas for what you write your blogs about? All over. Um, some of them come from my personal Bible study if I just – and that's another like good thing because I'm like, I got to be in it mm-hmm. so I can pull out like, oh, I really like that passage. I'm going to try to do a whole thing on that passage. Yep. Um, some is just everyday life with kids and with um, staff and with customers. And some mm-hmm. is some is based on, you know, if they've got certain topics for the week, then I'll dive into something yeah. there. And, yeah, kind of all over. Mm-hmm. So we asked you to bring one of your favorite blogs. Can you tell us what was going on? like behind the scenes for this blog that you picked? Uh, that was really hard, by the way. That was kind of fun to go back and read a bunch. Um, I picked one. I don't actually remember if there was any specific instance, but except that my kids started to do impressions of me, and that's maybe where this will come from. You'll see. <laughs> and, the, and say the words apparently that I said all them all at the same time to them. So then I picked uh, the one that I entitled, The Two Most Important Things I Say to My Kids. But really all these are... Um, what you could say to anyone, what, yeah. you know, it's not just kids. It's really to all children of God that need mm-hmm. to hear both of these things. That's kind of where that idea came from. Awesome. Well, we'd love for you to read it to us. All right. All right. So two most important things I say to my kids. If you were to ask my kids to do an impression of me, they would probably pronounce in a funny voice because that's apparently how I talk. I will laugh in your face. This is admittedly a phrase I do say a lot. It's usually prefaced by a statement like, This is the food I put in front of you, and if you don't eat it and you tell me you're hungry in an hour, I will laugh in your face. Or perhaps, go to the bathroom now before we leave, because a half an hour down the road, if you ask us to stop for you, I will laugh in your face. You see, it's just good parenting. It's become a silly way to show consequences for actions, and my my kids think it's hilarious when I say it to their siblings. However, that phrase is not the only one I hope I remember, nor would I rank it among the most important. After almost 13 years of parenting... That was a few years ago. Yeah. I think I've narrowed down the two most important things I say to my kids. It's not about you. As a general rule, people are pretty self-centered, and we often need to hear this. As a new parent of small human beings, when my kids would whine at a request from me and say, I don't want to, my sarcastic nature used to respond with, well, I don't care. That wasn't effective, and it also wasn't true. I do care. In fact, I care so much that I need to fulfill the role God gave me to guide and raise them to think of others and to honor and respect those in authority. Now when they complain or rebel, I say, it's not about what you want. Often followed by, right now, it's about listening and obeying. This is an attempt to show that life does not revolve around them, and this message is not just a message for kids. Adults are just as self-centered, and God often has to remind us of our role as his children and that we would do well to listen to him. Job didn't do a lot of whining and complaining. He's generally remembered as an upright and faithful man in the face of much suffering. But in Job 10.1, we hear him crack a bit and say, I loathe my very life. Therefore, I will give free rein to my complaint and speak out in the bitterness of my soul. 
Now, my children never articulate their complaints quite as well as Job, but the sentiment is the same, and God answered Job the way I now answer my children. It's not about you. God rebuked Job, saying, Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Have you ever given orders to the morning or shown the dawn its place? In fact, every verse of chapters 38 and 39 in the book of Job are God very eloquently saying, It's not about you. But God does not stop there, and neither should we as parents. So here comes the second, even more important thing I say to my kids, and it really relates to the first one more than we might think. You are a redeemed and loved child of God. Some days are hard. There are bullies at school, sibling rivalries, health issues, broken families. Some kids carry burdens way bigger than their little backs or hearts should be carrying. Kids feel anxious, guilty, and worried, just like adults. There are times when my kids don't need to hear, it's not about you, or I will laugh in your face but instead need me to turn their grubby, tear-streaked faces to me, look them in the eye, and reassure them that they are redeemed and loved children of God. When they're crushed by life and the brokenness of this world, then it's time to lift them back up and remind them who they are in Christ Jesus. We all need that reminder every day. We are redeemed and loved. Passive voice. We did nothing. We get everything. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. The author Philip Yancey has a few things to say about being redeemed and loved children of God in his book, What's So Amazing About Grace? Grace means there's nothing we can do to make God love us more. And grace means there's nothing we can do to make God love us less. Grace teaches us that God loves us because of who God is, not because of who we are. In our quiet moments of doubt and guilt and worry, God turns our tear-streaked faces to himself, looks us in the eye, and reminds us, it's not about you. I did it all. You are a redeemed and loved child of mine. I love your writing. Oh, thank you. I do. It's a, it's a great reminder. Just so often, you have just little simple ways of reminding of us, us of what's important. And I love the fact that you take parenting so... Um, you know that it's important. You put it in a high priority in your life. And that's a good reminder for all of us that we, it's a calling, you know, to be a parent and you're doing a good job of doing it. I appreciate that very much. And I hope other people listening are reminded, you know, you can't do it perfectly. None of us will, but it's good to put the effort in, do what you can. There are days when I'm like, I am killing it on the brewery front, on the kid front, and everything else. And then the next day I'm like, oh, I'm a terrible mother and owner. And yeah, there's, yeah that's pretty normal. There's, there's all that involved, but one day at a time. That's what we do. Mm, great meeting you again. And I'm sure that people are going to like to hear the person behind the blogs that they've been reading. So thanks for being here today. Indeed. Thanks for having me.